Welcome back to the Commonwealth Classical Liberal Podcast. This pod, like the Classical Liberal Party of Virginia or the CLPVA, is a home for those who believe in open markets, open minds, and free people. Thanks for joining us each and every week. Please listen, subscribe, and tell your friends. And I'm glad to have back with me this week, Brian Doss. We're going to go one-on-one again this week. And Brian, it's great to have you back. Thanks for being here. Happy post-George Washington's birthday podcast to you. How are things going in lovely Central Virginia? Uh, going pretty well. Um, we're getting ready for a uh, big, uh, uh, another inundation that's coming in, but uh, the, the the flowers are coming up, um, and you know the weather's getting warmer. Looking forward to the start of all the spring. Soccer season's uh, uh, coming up soon, so I'll uh, strap on my, uh, uh, my my coach's hat and, and whistle, and we'll uh, <laughs> we'll get to it. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's looking good. Yeah, that's one of the best things about spring is all those spring sports start to come out and. And hear kids out there running around and playing. So good luck to you and your your soccer team this season. That'll be, that'll be super fun. So it is great to feel spring in the air, and it's great to be back to talk about exciting topics like money. So today we're going to wrap up our two part discussion on a topic that is very real and meaningful for all of us. Like we we're just saying, our, our money, our finances, taxes. Let's talk about that some more. So we'll once again look at the party's positions on taxes and economic reform. Last time, the last podcast. We focus on economic freedom and the first half of what I'm about to read. Today, we're going to go into uh, important ideas on taxation. So this is a long one, and I'm only going to read the statements specifically relevant to taxation. For the entire platform position on taxes and economic reform, I encourage folks to please visit the website and please listen to part one of this two-part series where Brian really did a great job speaking to some of these key issues. As we have with other platform issues, I'm going to read off the second half of our, of our statement on taxes and economic reform, just so we can get familiar with the statement itself, and then we'll start to break that down in the follow-on discussion. So let's talk taxes. The statement reads, taxation should be as low as possible and in the most voluntary mode possible, with a strong preference for use taxation over income and property taxation. We therefore call for, there's four specific recommendations. We'll talk about each one. One, replacing income taxation with a general state sales tax modeled after the fair tax proposal. Two, opposition to any overall increase in taxation. Three, ending all taxation that requires state knowledge of personal business dealings and personal property. And four, cessation of the taxation of real property, especially residences, which could result in the seizure of that property by the state. So we're going to get into this, Brian. You're going to help us understand why those recommendations are being made and what we mean. So let's let's skip the first bullet for now. I want to come back to that at the end and spend a few minutes on it. I think the last three are pretty straightforward. And so as we did with part one, let's look at these last three recommendations. I'm going to ask you basically just tell me, like, what is the problem or issue that we're trying to address here? And then two, how does a specific recommendation help? So Let's just take them one by one. What's the problem? Why does this help? Let's take the first part here. Opposition to any overall increase in taxation. Brian, what's wrong with taxes? They, they pay for roads, they pay for schools, <laughs> they pay for firehouses. Like, what's your problem? Why do you hate taxes? How does this help any Virginian? Well, who doesn't hate taxes, of course. But I mean, we understand that there is some level of, uh, uh, of taxation in any, in any you know, form of, uh, of government that you're going to have, even the ones that are you know, no, no matter how you, what you imagine, 
there's always going to be something that's either directly taxation or equivalent to taxation. Uh, and so being that it's a you know, necessary evil, uh, we want to make that evil as low as possible. So because uh, ultimately, as we've, you know, we've heard and we've gone over in all the other podcasts, is that the function of the state is to maintain uh, a state, you know, good and stable civil society, uh, maintain regu- you know, regular uh, rule of law, justice, administration, you know, et cetera, et cetera, all the things that we ask the state to do. Uh, and the fact that we want to ask the state to do as little as possible to leave the maximum amount of room for civil society uh, to bloom and blossom and come up with their own solutions. Uh, taxation directly takes money from civil society and takes it into the into the state and you know state governments, local, local, and state, et cetera. Um, and that's there's no way to avoid that. So we want to make sure that what we're doing, a, uh, we're doing the the minimum amount uh, of damage because there's there's always a dead weight loss that comes to uh, comes from taxation uh, because there's always that. Even in the most efficient uh, tax scheme, there's you know a little bit that you're losing just in the time between the money you're taking and then when you actually put it to use. Uh, so there's you know, and the fact that somebody might have a better use for that and they've been uh, thwarted uh, to to whatever small extent you know trivial, non-trivial, however you want to look at it. But the fact is uh, that they could have used that money to do something. They're not using it uh, because the state's taking it. So. Ultimately, that's the reason why. I mean, as good stewards of government and to make sure our government works the best, we want to make sure that we're taking as little as we need to from from the people, not we're just like using civil society as a piggy bank uh, to say, well, whatever I can imagine, and now I'll just take it. So then I, the state, or you know, my army of bureaucrats can then do X. No, that's not correct. That's not the way government should operate. That's not the way any state should operate. Uh, and so that's the reason why we're, we're kind of laying our marker down, is that Virginia takes in a considerable amount of money, uh, and there's a considerable amount of things that the state does that it shouldn't do. So at the very least, before you start saying, all right, the state should do new thing X or new thing Y, you need to go and justify like everything else that's out there. Uh, and if you can't, then you probably need to start carrying things away before you start, you know, working on X and Y. It's kind of like keep that balanced. So that's the reason why we have, uh, you know, that one. That's the problem that we're <laughs> trying to address and solve uh, in that case. Yeah, I appreciate it, Brian, because you're, you're not calling for the abolition of taxes. You're not saying state, you know, there should be no support for state or local government. But, hey, let, let's not take on more. Let's not tax Virginians more. Let's allow Virginians to keep the money they earn and do the things that the government needs to do to help take care of and, and maintain and prosper you know, Virginia in the ways the government should. And we've talked about many of the ways the government should, maybe should not be doing that in previous and in future podcasts. So appreciate that. We'll come, we'll come back to that, I'm sure, many times as we often talk on the t- topic of money and finances and maybe government's doing things they shouldn't necessarily be doing that industry could do. So we'll hold that there. I want to come back to the third recommendation, our second bullet in this, in this section. Recommendation, ending all taxation that requires state knowledge of personal business dealings and personal property. And again, Brian, I ask, I mean, if I'm a good guy, I'm not doing anything wrong, you know, why do I care? Why do I care what the government state knows about me, my business finances, whatever it is? What's the issue here? What's the problem? How does recommendation help Virginians? Well, the 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 issue is is uh, it's not so much that like uh, like I, you know if you've done nothing you know, wrong you have nothing to fear kind of issue because that's 
we all know that that's wrong. Um, that's you know that trope. But uh, the issue here is that is is this is that the state does not have and should not be worried about the particulars uh, of any given um, you know, set of you know, economic arrangements. Uh, certainly not the household level and or regional, et cetera. Uh, the more that there is information available, the more there is the ability for some bad actor to start using that information to start intervening uh, into the affairs and commercial arrangements of the people of Virginia. Uh, that's, 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 well, obviously that's not good. Uh, and that's really our marker that we're laying down here. It's also aspirational marker because obviously there's going to be a lot of information that's gathered on uh, commercial activity, businesses, et cetera. Uh, there's just no way around it that you can't have a, fun a properly functioning government that does not collect, you know, a considerable amount of information from them. So that said, no more than is necessary should be collected, and we shouldn't be looking to increase the uh, the as they as they say, like it's a technical term, the legibility uh, of the economy to uh, you know at a gr finer and finer detail to bureaucrats without any kind of like a, a significant and serious need. Uh, for that. So that's what that's about. Um, and specifically, it's to address the concern of like uh, the rural poor and the uh, uh, you know, elderly who have personal property uh, and their taxes, but they may not have very good uh, or variable uh, income. It could be positive, it could swing negative, it, you know, they might not have a lot of cash on hand. Uh, and we've had the problem of like a small bill, small tax bill, used as an excuse to take someone's house or land, et cetera. They seize it, sell it, keep all of the profit, you know, all of it, and it maybe give some of it back depending on like you know, if you've got a good judge. But the point is, is they've been deprived of their property because of a, a small tax you know, bill. It's not even like uh, yeah, a significant portion not even a majority proportion uh, of the, the value of it, certainly not on the market and absolutely not in the uh, psychic and emotional value uh, yeah. of that property. So that's what right. we're trying to get to get at is, is yeah, is that we, whatever, whatever we're getting for a, you know, a taxation source, uh, we've, got to, <laughs> we've got to think of a way to fund the government without destroying people's property, homes, et cetera, and seizing things. I mean, that's kind of that seems to be fundamental. Yeah, it, it is fundamental. I mean, that's that's, you know, life, liberty and property was the way that John Locke originally wrote about things before we changed it to life, liberty and happiness, because it is fundamental to a free people. And, and, you know, to the point you're making, you know, there with some of our rural communities and such instance, while they're few and far between, you know, th those victims are in the least position to be able to effectively fight back when something like that, exactly. does, which is which is tragic. And again, you know, these proposals aren't about just, you know, helping those with, but it's also about helping those that can be the greatest victims when there is that government overreach, when 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 individuals or governments as a community you know, take advantage of some of those that really can fight back effectively. And, and Brian, you know, with my day to day, I focus a lot of times on safety and security. And there's also issues of you, know, you don't need the government to have information except for that which they absolutely need to have and to limit that information to those who absolutely need to have access to it, because we see around the country and around the world where those who have privileged access to information, be it law enforcement or healthcare professionals or others, oftentimes information gets misused and abused against those individuals. It's not something that we see, you know, we're not saying the law enforcement is bad or others are bad, 
but there's there's bad actors in, in every every walk of society mm -hmm. there's need to give more information up than is absolutely necessary for the government to do its yeah. job so it's it, it, it's a very you know logical sensible reasonable recommendation especially given the times that we're living in today so let's let's come back to one last you know very sound recommendation here in our in our, in our last three bullets recommendation brian cessation of the taxation of real property especially residences which could result in the seizure of that property by the state you sort of start to touch on this in the last but but again here yeah, what kind of is the problem right <laughs> yeah jump the gun on that one but it, as we said yeah it's the, that's that's the issue is the idea that we're going to put a little bit of a tax on you and if you fail to pay that tax we'll take all yeah. of it which doesn't follow uh, that's not that's not correct now i want to point out though i mean this is in kind of the, again in the spirit of classical liberalism uh, or liberalism as it uh, you know, is supposed to be uh, you know, uh, said but in the spirit of liberalism you you go over and you want to make sure that you have an open mind you're embracing reason uh, and there's some things that are you know fundamental questions and other things that are political questions and the uh, and tax incidence is a political question that's something that we can talk about that's something we can negotiate to find out like how can we get to uh, where we want to be, you know, following our, you know, our, our, uh, our, our North Star on this, whereas, you know, we want to make, you know, all lower the general le level of taxation, you know, make it as, uh, as fair and as anonymous as we can, et cetera. Uh, this is a case where uh, the platform may have, you know, we're, we're rethinking some of these to maybe help to fine tune it because in, uh, it's not as sim simple to simply get like, you know, oh, let's end, you know, real estate taxation or let's end this taxation, et cetera, because there's a lot of distributional uh, issues that come with that. But I think that's part of, like, I don't want to overstep another, uh, you know, thing, but, we'll, but uh, we can get to that, uh, too. And there's a historical reason behind that as well that, you know, kind of involves the, the nuances that go into, uh, you know, a tax incidence discussion. Brian, are, are, you, are you the audacity to suggest that the party – would be open to reasonable debate, conversation, open-mindedness, and negotiation on some of these principles and policies that you would be actually willing to possibly modify some of these recommendations in ways that make sense for Virginia? Is that what I'm hearing? I know, it's crazy. I'm, I'm such a radical. It's like, oh, let's actually talk about this and, and come up with, uh, let's address the solutions that come up uh, the, that, are, that are brought up, because there, there are a lot. There's distributional concerns, there's uh, um, ish, uh, efficiency, efficacy, uh, concerns that come over there. So these are and these are real. These are real concerns, not to be like you know, poo-pooed. It's not. It's not like fundamental, like murder is is, is it good or bad? No, it's not that. Uh, it's it's a different situation. It's we've already established that there is a you know some level is licit. Now the rest is a political question, and that's what we need to have that discussion. Brian, I really appreciate that. I think it's important for those that are listening, you know, just to understand and appreciate that that you know the, the party is about working towards. You know, the greatest freedom, the, the, the most open market, the most free and open society that we can reasonably and responsibly achieve. Some of the details of exactly how we get there, I think can be figured out, right? And we're open to discussing that with all you know, vested interests to make sure that we're doing the best we can for Virginia in, in ways that are reasonably acceptable because we recognize that there's people of all you know, pers political persuasions and beliefs. We're not trying to force beliefs on people, but to make that incremental progress so that more Virginians can take control of their lives their finances, their economy, their decisions, again, in a way that's responsible and reasonable, you know, for all. So, so I appreciate the fact that you're, you know, there, there's positions, there's a platform, there's, there's recommendations, but there's openness to, 
let's figure this out and let's be open to considering inputs from others to make sure we're doing the best thing we can to look out for all of Virginia, not just one group or the other. So you really appreciate that that nuance and that that, that openness. So let's let's move from those three recommendations. Let's come back to the first recommendation, which can be a lot to take. We're going to break it down to a couple chunks here. Let's return to the idea of ending the income tax. To revisit the proposal, I just, want to, I just want to quote how we wrote that here. The party calls for replacing income taxation with a general state sales tax modeled after the fair tax proposal. So let's break down to three short segments, Brian. One, to start us off, do we have an income tax in Virginia today? And if so, like, what's the problem with that? It seems to be working. We've got roads. We've got schools, right? What's the problem with an income tax? Well, it's, it's interesting that you bring up roads and, uh, um, uh, and schools and, uh, because in, the, in Virginia, and then here's a little fun fact, historical uh, uh, like trip down memory lane, uh, in the 1920s when the Democratic Party uh, seized uh, single-party control over Virginia, which lasted for 50 years, uh, as part of that uh, political arrangement that the uh, Governor Byrd and his infamous Byrd machine uh, paid off his local uh, party bosses that run the counties and the cities uh, by making an agreement that the state would collect all income taxes and the cities and counties would exclusively get take all the real estate uh, taxation. Uh, and this split was uh, devised to make sure that uh, the you know increasingly populous areas you know the cities of Virginia couldn't then uh, put in uh, a statewide property tax affecting uh, you know rural farmers who as we pointed out before are often uh, uh, cash poor income poor but property rich uh, to then suck money out of the uh, the farmers and put the you know use it to fund uh, city things but the vice versa was was possible because with uh, state income tax that's that increases off of the uh, the you know, city populations, but the state can spend it however they want. Uh, so it was it was a twofold way to uh, entrench its power, and we've had that basically for a hundred years. Uh, that's it's you know people may not realize that Virginia is a little bit unique in that regard, uh, and that uh, property taxation is exclusively a local um, uh, a local thing, uh, and income taxation is exclusively uh, statewide. Uh, so that's where we get to it, and of course, all and this you know kind of feeds into previous week's uh, conversations about uh, school, is that all schools are funded by local property taxation. So of course, that uh, leads to the big disparities you get, because Fairfax is like incredibly rich, uh, the you know, incredibly huge uh, property valuations, uh, and so that huge amount of money can fund really massive, nice. Uh, school systems, you go out to Wise, Virginia. Uh, they're not; they've got nothing, uh, and there's no mechanism. There's no state mechanism to address that uh, that disparity uh, as sort of an unintended consequence of the uh, the bird arrangement. Um, but yeah, we get that to well, getting back to the the proposal about uh, ending the uh, income tax in favor of a fair tax. Uh, I'm going to go into this and uh, at, be upfront about the fact that the uh, a statewide sales tax by via the fair tax has some good ish things and some and some drawbacks. Let's be let's be straight about that. So the good thing about t you know moving from an income taxation to sales taxation, if you want to just go on a technical sense, is uh, taxing labor 
is bad because whatever you tax, you get less of. And we want people to work. We want people to uh, do productive uh, labor, uh, et cetera. So having, putting a tax base on uh, things that you want to uh, encourage is generally considered bad. There's dead weight losses there. Um, taxing consumption is you're taxing uh, people's uh, choices directly. Uh, and people can choose then to, you know, I want to consume more. Oh, the more you consume, the more taxes you pay. The less you consume, the less taxes you pay. So you have a little bit of control about how much you're, you're funding to the state. The state gets its money based off of commercial activity. Yes, it's in the same way. It's kind of like, yeah, you don't want to tax commercial activity, but that's something that's uh, it's less about the person. It's more about uh, you know, the systems, and the state has an interest in maintaining the systems of, you know, of government, of justice, of you know, et, et cetera, to help support that. So there's at least some justification uh, for that, that sort of taxation. Now, the problem, of course, and again, we're getting a little technical, is that whenever you've got a, a consumption tax, it's regressive. Consumption taxes are regressive uh, simply because uh, the richer you are, the less of your uh, income uh, is proportionally for consumption because you can save more because you've you've gotten your needs, you've paid off, you've got your, your house covered, you've got your transportation covered. Uh, you've got other, you, you could start looking at luxuries and you could pair them back uh, easier than somebody who's working on a fixed income or uh, minimum wage, you know, et cetera, that sort of thing where almost all of their expenses are consumption. So if you're basically putting the tax you know, off of income, which is progressive-ish in Virginia, as we'll, as we'll see, it's pretty much a flat tax after $17,000, which is, you know, basically everybody pays the same amount of tax. Um, but you go from either a flat or progressive tax to one that's, you know, fairly regressive, uh, and that's going to put the boot down on, especially on the people who are, are suffering. Uh, well, and we are very cognizant of that. I mean, obviously, you have to just from cynical political uh, uh, view is like, how are you going to get this to pass? When clearly you go over, it's like, oh, we're going to double or triple the the, the, the state sales tax, uh, people are going to be like, whoa, what? I don't pay, I pay, I pay very little uh, income tax as it is, but now I'm going to pay a lot more uh, in use tax. So if you want to do that, you're going to have to do it like in the fair tax. You have to come up with some sort of rebate or other rebating system where uh, you know, it kind of can- cancels out the, uh, the base cost because you want that consumption tax to fall on the people for whom Consumption is a luxury, not a uh, necessity. And that's really hard to do. And that's where, because the fair tax is like sold as like, oh, well, this is so much easier. They don't know this, et cetera, et cetera. If you get down into trying to make it, you know, have some distributional uh, equity, uh, you know, or you want to keep it like revenue neutral, then you're basically then balancing the revenues from uh, the people for whom it, it, doesn't, it doesn't hurt as much for someone in Fairfax pay a little bit extra versus someone in Wise, uh, Virginia paying, or someone in Southampton uh, paying, you know, go, their sales tax goes from 6% to 20% uh, on everything. Uh, that's a big bite for someone in Southampton. Not as much of a bite on someone in Fairfax, especially if they're getting a concomitant reduction in their income tax. So that's, that's something to consider. That's something we have been considering uh, in the party when we're looking at this, is that, you know, just trying to think about the, the distributional uh, because there's also things that you could do, like uh, to there's alternate ways of, uh, of funding things, like a land value tax, 
or a property tax, you know, et cetera, uh, that we can think of that might be at a state level. You might be able to revisit that, uh, that bifurcation, 100% uh, real estate for locals and 100% income for, uh, for the cities, et cetera. It's, it's a tough question. It's a really tough question. And you know, at, at this point, I don't see something like the fair tax being able to be, uh, <laughs> to be passed, not without a lot of extra side negotiations that are going to have to go on. Like, I don't think you can get rid of all of the income tax uh, you know, off of a, a sales tax. So there's a lot of things you have to put on the table, a lot of things you have to talk about. So at this point, we kind of have to leave it at aspirational um, and just understand that uh, it'd be better if we do use taxation. If we do our taxation like with a land value tax, where we're taxing the unimproved value uh, of land, sort of the network value of land versus uh, the improvements. Uh, it's not so great for rural, but actually a pretty good tool for cities like Richmond, uh, where there are lots that are just held as uh, parking lots. They're useless. You know, where you could put you could put a 20-story building on it and get a lot more value. Even if it was like a you know five stories of that was you know garage, you'd have five times the parking. Uh, but under the current uh, real estate taxation scheme, it's it's all about the the total value, and so as long as the total value of that is low. Um, you know, there's like no incident. There's no incentive for somebody to take that and, and develop it versus if you rearranged the property tax to, to like really lower it off of the uh, improved value and really hike it on the unimproved value, suddenly it's really, really economically uh, unfeasible to just have a, a, an empty lot in the middle of Richmond. You know, th- these are things to think about. Uh, when we when we talk about taxation and the way we can change the structure. So, so Brian, I was going to ask you a couple more questions about the fair tax. I want to pause before I do that because I don't, you you already addressed some of it. I think again, what I'm hearing from you is we don't like the income tax, and there's there's good reasons to be against which you've you've spoken to. Again, I just want to restate something you already said. Everybody earning over seventeen thousand dollars a year has a tax rate of five point seven five percent, which, like you said, for most full-time professional adult workers, we're all paying the same tax, right? Which, which is just something for folks to understand and appreciate because that's common to all, um, not you know across the board pretty much. Two, you're open and the party's open to reasonable solutions for a better tax structure, right? The fair tax is specifically called out. I'll come back to that in a minute. But again, just as we were discussing a moment ago, the idea here is to figure out something that's reasonable, manageable, acceptable and better for all Virginians. And, and mm-hmm. I think the fact that there's openness to that is, is really commendable because again, it's not like, hey, we have this position and we must have this position. It's a, we have a goal that we're working towards you know, reasonable taxation, modest taxation, transparency in taxation, and, and how we get there, like we're open to the exact path to get there. We want something that's better for all Virginia, more fair for all Virginians. And I think that's really commendable because it's about the destination not necessarily about exactly how we get there. That we can figure out together. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate the openness. Yeah. Well, let, let me come back to the fair tax a little bit here because you mentioned a few terms and, and I'll include the links for anybody who wants to dig into this further on you know, land use taxes, on the fair tax, on ideas like the negative income tax. But one of the things the fair tax does discuss is the idea of that negative income tax. And just to explain that for folks, again, the idea built into that is a, 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 a several hundred dollars a month, some people call it a prebate, Right or negative income tax mm-hmm. or a type of uh, universal basic income, but basically giving giving everyone back some money 
to cover those necessities, right? So they were not paying right. taxes for groceries and, and basic clothing and those, those necessities in life. But it's really meant to be a tax on the extra stuff, which, as we think about that, is really a tax on those that have the most because who's buying brand new jet skis, right? Who's buying a brand mm -hmm. new Bentley? It's those with dollars and cents. And so they can pay that, you know, higher state sales tax because they have the money. And so it's an interesting idea. It's really meant to make sure that those who can are paying taxes and those who can't don't have to feel that burden. It's an interesting approach. It's an interesting idea. Uh, I'd encourage folks to check it out more. It also, one thing that I think often gets forgotten is it creates a lot of accountability for criminal activity, whereas today their income is not taxed and the state gets none of that criminal, uh, you know, dollars and cents. When those, you know, criminals are out purchasing things as everybody purchases things, they're also paying a tax, which is different than the model we have in place today. And that's an important consideration as well. So we'll share links to folks who dig into all that more. Brian, anything else on the fair tax you just want to share or, 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 or you know, provide information on for those that are listening or, or we already addressed that enough, you think, and, and other ideas? Yeah. Yeah, I think we, I mean, the fair tax, I mean, there's plenty of uh, the, the people who are uh, um, yeah, for it. Uh, they have a website. They go into a great, uh, great amount of detail. There's a lot of pro uh, proposals that are out there. Uh, you brought in about the negative income tax, and for those who might be curious about that, I mean, you'll follow the links as well. Uh, but basically, that was a proposal by uh, Milton Friedman in the late 70s, as a, and it was basically then adopted, sort of, as the earned income tax credit. Uh, but his was a, basically to try and be uh, as uh, um, simple uh, uh, as possible was a, a simple, straight uh, thing. So basically saying here at an income of X, which is well above zero, uh, your tax, you know, tax amount is zero. So basically we're just assuming your income is zero. Uh, so then any income below that, uh, you, 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 know, you basically have negative income, so you pay a negative income tax, i.e. the government pays you based off of it. So if you had nothing, you'd have like your 17% off of you know, 30000 or whatever, you would get that check. That's sort of how EITC works, except, of course, the federal government decided to implement it in the, in the uh, most bureaucratically inefficient uh, possible way with all these little tiers and, you know, ipso factos and form ABs and 1040s and blah, 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 um, versus a very elegant way of, like, here's what it is, your percentage. Boom, that's how much you get. Yeah. Um, that's something that uh, should be considered. Uh, there's, you know, and the other ways to pay for that uh, are up, upper, upper discussion. Those sort of uh, things that with the prebates, et cetera, aside from trying to make uh, like an impose, those things go to making uh, a newly imposed tax revenue neutral, which the idea is like, okay, we want to go over into tax and use the tax for the, for the purpose. You're going to take advantage of the fact that, you know, whatever's taxed, you get less of and tax things that, you know, that have their negative externalities on it. Boom, put a tax on it. Uh, and then use that money and give that back to the people so that it, you know, it balances out. Uh, most, most of this came out of the discussions about a carbon tax because people trying to use the, you know, the free market uh, to you know, use, you know, using the pricing system in the free market, if you make carbon more expensive, people will, uh, will go away from it, just naturally speaking. And the money that you get from it, you're supposed to again give back to the people generally uh, in order to make it neutral. Because the prices are going to go up because all the things that use fuel use carbon for the most part. And so every, the price of everything is going to increase. That's why there's you know, built into these uh, carbon tax schemes uh, a rebate. 
which is that's that's where you get it. It's like, oh, we're going to tax this, or we're going to give some of it back to make it neutral, so that you, the people, are going to be in the same position you were beforehand, and then we'll use the power of the market to get rid of these negative externalities. Uh, so that's that's sort of the key. It, the key is then tying a negative income tax, that extra money, to something, some other form of revenue <laughs> that you're you know you're bringing in. That's always the hard part. Whether that's gen- you know, and that's something that works at scale. Like the the smaller you get down, like at the state or and especially like the city or county level, it just doesn't work. That's something that really kind of works only at the federal or even global level. If you want to talk about that, because Alaska has their uh, their sovereign wealth fund, which they give out a little dividend to everybody based off of oil revenues, and that works because Alaska is huge. There's not a, there's a small population, and there's a lot of money that comes into it. Those things that make it work. Uh, Vermont tried to do uh, uh, an NHS style uh, health care, yeah, free health care system. It ballooned to like a trillion dollars or something. It was it was a massive failure. It was had to be abandoned like immediately because this, it just doesn't work at the scale of Vermont. That's the things we have to think about with all these different tax proposals, et cetera. You've got to think what's going to work at the scale of the Commonwealth because some things might work at the scale of California. Some things may work at the, fe- the scale of the federal government. Some things may, those things may not work at the Virginia scale. So these are things to think about. Well, they're, they're really good things to think about. Appreciate the, you know, the additional thought and context. And again, we'll share a link to everybody really wants to get into. When we start talking about different tax schemes, it, it can be confusing for sure. Even when you think you understand it, there's nuances sometimes like, oh yeah, I need to think about that. You know, back, back to Brian's comment earlier about sort of openness to, there might be more than one acceptable path to get there, right? So. You know, encourage folks to check out the platform position again. Understand the goal here is to make progress towards, you know, the, the bullets are identified, the recommendations are identified, but but some of the means of how we get there, you know, open open to thinking through that collectively as a community in the best interest of Virginia. And I appreciate all the perspective you shared there, Brian. So, hey, there's been a interesting, really interesting two-part series. I mean, we talk about dollars and cents and taxes and the economy. Like these are really important issues because they affect every single one of us. And so I appreciate the, 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 this podcast and the last one. We can start to think about these things. Welcome any feedback from folks. Happy to talk about these things. Again, the idea here is to have open minds about how we do what's best for Virginia, clearly, transparently, and do the things that governments need to do properly and efficiently. So good discussion, Brian. Before we wrap up on this topic, anything else you want to add on taxes, the economy, or otherwise? Uh, nothing of import, although we, I would like to give out a shout out, shout out to uh, our uh, our partner, uh, our partner Chris, who at this moment is, uh, you know, with his uh, wife, their, their, uh, the delivery is on. <laughs> so we <laughs> we got our fingers crossed for him. Uh, all of our uh, our thoughts and good vibes are going out to uh, his wife uh, and, and all the doctors that are working. Uh, to make sure this is a successful and happy and healthy uh, outcome. So we're super excited for him. And, you know, everybody send your own thoughts and vibes <laughs> to him uh, because he's going to be a, a new father in any time now. So. That's right. First time father. And by the time this posts, hopefully he is a father. And, and all of us, um, I know both of us and all those listening uh, are in his corner and supporting him and his new family here. Um, super exciting. and not, not, Nothing quite like what they're about to go through. As I'd said to him, you know, things will never be the same. 
again, and I mean that the most positive way possible. So thanks for <laughs> that, Brian. I appreciate that. And hey, I'll, I'll just add nothing on the personal end, but for those who have been with us on this journey, you know, through our principles and platform, we've only got four more platform positions to cover before we're moving to other discussions. Really excited to get to those are important topics, exciting topics. I mean, things like criminal justice reform, uh, occupational licensing, what I'm very interested in, LGBTQ rights, some really exciting topics. And so we're going to cover those in the next month and change and then get some additional discussion. So looking forward to covering this ground and getting some additional ideas here in these podcasts. So Brian, thanks for coming along with us and leading us through many of these discussions. Really appreciate all your thought and perspective on these issues. I hope those who are listening have, have heard some interesting ideas and continue to think about some of what we've been discussing and check out those links. Again, if you want to get a deeper dive into the fair tax land, land use tax and other ideas we discussed in brief today. So Brian, thank you. Chris, best of luck mm -hmm. to you You're and welcome. your family. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, good luck for sure. And so to all of our friends who are listening, thank you for being with us for this discussion. As we continue to explore ideas and activities, support a more open Virginia. We're really sincerely glad to have you with us. Please consider joining the CLPVA and helping us to fight for a better Virginia. Thank you for being part of this community. We'll be back next week for, actually, no, we'll be kicking off the month of March with our next podcast. So yeah. something exciting to, mm -hmm. uh, to, to, to celebrate there. So until then, here's to open markets, open minds, and free people, and healthy and happy babies. Cheers. <laughs>